0: This is Michael Oku, and you are listening to Wrestle
1: In. Welcome to another edition of Flight of Five. We've got more top fives to bring you today. I am your host, the doctor of shrugonomics, Ryan Dilbert. I'm joined today by one of the most creative writers on our wrestling team and the man behind the Terms from the Inside series. Thumbly Squeezed, welcome. How are you, man? Oh, you know, just
0: as, just as lazy as ever, Ryan, it's been, uh, but no, no, thank you for, just thank you for having me. Yes, it's your boy, the Digit who never fidgets, uh, the only squeeze is here, but no, but in all seriousness, I'm excited to be here. You guys have been doing an awesome job with, the with Flight of Five, so finally oh, to, uh, appreciate to get that. on and you know, do this. It's, uh, it's funny how, like, I hadn't, until I started listening to the show, I really thought of, like, what everybody sounds like, and it's just funny to kind of <laughs> pair up in my head, uh like what people's real voices are so it'll be interesting oh yeah that. for sure
1: yeah it's kind of like when you read a book and you see the character in your head and then someone someone casts a person you're like oh it's not that's not quite right yeah you seem to like as much as I know of your taste you you seem to like the characters the the kind of the odd people the um you know the different ones like 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 orange
0: I mean, what are you trying to say I'm I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'd like things that are a little bit different. Uh, You know, when I we did uh, uh, our like fake promotional fantasy draft last year, I said like I took my focus was people who've sort of really developed and hardened their own niche in wrestling, and that's kind of what jumps out to me. You know, I've I've watched and seen wrestling since I was watching like superstars in my living room as an eight year old. You know, watching Bret Hart, keep guys, you know, his backbreaker, elbow drop, Mm. sharpshooter finish. (laughs) like for house shows, uh, you know, I've seen pretty much whatever's come out like up from then to now. So something that can really make, uh, be well-formed and different will always be uh, going to have a place in my heart.
1: Well, I think then, you know, our topic today is perfect because that's, that's going to be a lot of who we're talking about. Um, I have to say it to me it was a struggle putting my list together because um, I am a champion of overthinking. And I really I started breaking down what is a comedy wrestler? What is comedy? What is funny? What is anything? Who are we? Why are we here? It just spiraled and spiraled. And <laughs> I had to rewrite the list a couple of the times. times. Um, and I really overthought it. Like one thing I didn't put Orange Cassidy on in part, because I was like, he's, is he, he's a funny wrestler. But is he comedy? But then I said, you know what? I have a feeling that, you will put him on so you can take care of that side and i'll gotcha. fo- I'll spot like five other guys
0: no for sure i went through the same thing i saw you tweeting about that and i was like my man you know he gets me uh that's exactly sort of what mm. I, was, I was struggling with like how are there parameters should there be am i wrong for picking up parameters? why am i fighting myself in my own head about this <laughs> that's a focus on things that are fun and funny so i kind of i did uh just to just help myself narrow it down. I did come up with some guidelines for myself to just help, uh, make sure that I could even be able to pick five. Uh, so right. the things I was thinking of, like, you know, it's not just someone who's bubbly in skits or doing things backstage to kind of have you to like extend to being in the ring and stuff they do while wrestling. So like to me, I think of someone like okay. Kurt Angle who was absolutely hilarious when he's trying to be. He's so fantastic, and, you know, whether he's getting made fun of by Edge or he's doing, you know, singing the Sexy Kurtz song, like he can be so fantastically, awesomely funny, but it's not really what he does in terms of as a, as a wrestler. He's not a comedy wrestler. He is a, you know, he's the wrestling machine, right? Who just happens to be able to be super hilarious when he wants to be. And, you know, even when he, especially, you know, after he left WWE it was more so the latter. And so, so I didn't think absolutely of like that. Secondly, like it would really be something that they are affirmatively playing into and they're putting out there, not just that they're sort of a beleaguered butt of jokes, you know, or they're having stuff just be done to them by someone else. That person's not really the one being mm. funny, not them thinking of, you know, someone like, uh, I, was, I don't know if you were a big ECW head back in the day, but you know, there was always someone kind of torturing Dawn Marie, whether it was like, mm. to be getting hit with stuff or having her dress ripped off, whatever, but, you know, she was never really in on it. So to me, I think at least to some degree, if you're really a comedy wrestler, you're, you're the humor is part of what you are doing or at least being more You more were making the joke, more yeah. yeah. That makes uh, the a sense. Sense. Yeah. yeah. The one I thing think, I yeah. yeah I like, think comedy side. wrestler yeah.
1: is a lot different than funniest wrestler. Like it, mm-hmm. The Rock would be in a in, uh, strong contention for funniest, but no one would call him comedy wrestler. Just like you said about Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle is very funny. Right. But it'd be an odd way to categorize him. Sure. So the um, same
0: thing with like people who are too are really hilarious with snack talk, but don't really carry through the ring. Like if you're just kind of cutting down your opponent and we laugh at them, it's not really the same thing to me. Someone like Cena, Becky Lynch now, you know, Piper back in the day would mm-hmm. say things that you would laugh at, but you really it wasn't really because they were telling a joke. They were just tearing someone. A new, you know what, and it was awesome, <laughs> but not, but just a very different, yeah. different vein to me. So that's so I, I think that's a very good point. Like something like The Rock would be similar, like you're saying.
1: Yeah, that's a whole different list and a whole nother show. Up. So today we're trying to figure out the best comedy wrestlers, which is a very subjective topic. Um, I, I'm very curious where we overlap, if at all, because mm-hmm. it's not that many to choose from, as opposed to, you know, powerhouses or high flyers or something like that. Uh, but before we get into the f- actual five, Thunley, do you have some honorable mentions to, to throw at us?
0: Mm-hmm. And this might just be me, but you're saying like my love, of okay. just sort of the wild ball characters. So one one honorable honorable mention to me uh, is, this might seem random, but it's Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Because mm-hmm. to me, by never changing and never doing anything differently than he ever did we back in the heyday of the 80s, you know, when he was really a guy, he just became more and more funny. He was like, he, would <laughs> keep, he wasn't fighting, you know, guys like Iron Sheep, whatever, anymore. He'd be wrestling somebody clearly American on Raw and just start going, USA, Adam. And it always cracked me up. Or, you know, he'd just do his big, thumb, you know, tongue out, thumbs up. And like, it was just such a very, Eat your, prayer, uh, eat your vitamins, say your prayers, do your training era thing that just plopped into, you know, when he'd show up in the Royal Rumble in 2004 yeah. was hilarious, Was now hilarious. just that because it's completely out of context, but doing it still so straight-faced, uh, to me, I always found super fun.
1: Okay, so we're already, we're already throwing curveballs. I like that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I gotta um, be me,
1: baby. Excellent. Uh, so when I was growing up, I watched a lot of wrestling with my grandma, and she would, like, make all these comments on wrestlers, she really disliked Duggan. Like she just thought he was so stupid. She'd be like, come on, man. What are you you doing? You big dummy. (laughs) Um, So it it was kind of funny in this this sense to just see her like just be flabbergasted with his like dumb faces and the big thumbs up, just a big Mm -hmm. goof. so not interesting thought. You have you have any others on the on mentions? Well, I don't want to I don't want to step
0: any toes and any toes of toes on your list. So I figured mm. I kept it to one, and I didn't know if you had any that you okay. wanted to shout out.
1: Yeah, um, just three quicker ones. Um, so I put Bobby Heenan, who mm-hmm. is obviously more of a manager and more of a commentator, but when he wrestled, it was like usually he lost some stipulation where he had to wear the weasel suit Mm -hmm. you know the crowd was always calling him weasel weasel and then he had to wear the weasel suit and he sold it like it was garlic all over a vampire's flesh like it was like Mm -hmm. oh my god i'm wearing this crazy suit and he was flopping around and he made it he made it such a big moment when it could have just been hi i'm wearing a suit no big deal um but he's like one of the funniest guys Mm -hmm. legitimately funny guys in wrestling um so kind of had to throw that at either, even though he's not really known as a wrestler and, and that kind of thing. So just had to- Right, yeah. So it was a him. question
0: of, it's when you question wrestler versus the comedy part, right? But he's absolutely, I love it. He was uh, always so funny. You you, hate it, you kind of laugh and then be mad because at the time, you know, I was a kid with him and Gorilla, uh, sort of like mm. what I grew up with to me, it's still like one of maybe my favorite pairing of like the Glory Day commentating when this is just sort of really rah-rah and, He'll heal next to him, like Gorilla's the good guy and Bobby's just playing off of it. Uh, And so he'd make you laugh and then you'd be like, shoot, you know, he's terrible. I shouldn't laugh at his jokes, but there was, (laughs) it was too good. It was always too good. He's the man.
1: We were spoiled in in that sense. Like there'll never be another one like that. Um, But I did have two others just quick. Uh, Our truth I just thought I had to mention. Mm -hmm. He can turn any little dumb skit into something. Mm-hmm. be and funny and i really like this the this the times where he thought he was supposed to be in a match or he got confused and he was like oh sorry i'm not actually in the money in the bank mm-hmm. uh, my bad um you know not the biggest depth of humor but like goofy and funny and he always killed it and he's like carved out a really long career because of it absolutely like everybody's getting cut this is the era of getting cut doesn't matter where you are Braun Strowman, Bray Wyatt, like, world champions. And they're getting mm-hmm. cut. But our truth is still here because he makes Vince McMahon laugh. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's his meal ticket for life. It's true. And then I don't know if this person's on your list. Um, Toriano from New Japan. I had him higher at first, but he's kind of had the same act for a long time. The and it kind of hasn't. You know, he's just doing all this goofy stuff. It's really great for the G one. He's a palate cleanser and um, mm-hmm. a nice balance. You have all these like slugfest and epic brawls and stuff, and then a two minute goofy match. It's a it's mm-hmm. a really useful tool. Uh, I just didn't put him higher because it's it's been the same thing for a long time, and he hasn't really thrown any new gags other than hand sanitizer these days in the in the COVID era. But <laughs> yeah.
0: I, uh, I had, he's not on my list he's someone I'm not as familiar with like I'm, I'm not as well versed in some of the Japanese stuff I've I'd heard of him but it's not lived with as much of his comedy and and like you're saying when I was researching for this a little bit you know I was finding some he of course what comes up anytime you think of anything like this he'll be mentioned so I've been watching you know a bunch of matches in a short period of time you kind of get that feeling it's a few come kind of, the, the beats are kind of similar things he's doing are a little mm-hmm. similar. Mm-hmm. And so I think I'm glad I'm glad you did bring him up because he deserves to be mentioned. It certainly was very different than you know, I've, I don't see a lot of acts like him over there. When, I'm, when I do check out a lot of the stuff over there in Japan, you know, I think he's very unique. But you know, or at least when he came up, he was. And so well, especially
1: are, in New Japan. I'm, New Japan is like generally like a lot more serious than than DDT or, or mm-hmm. some of the smaller ones. So he stands out there. Whereas if he was in DDT, it, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be as much of a contrast. So did you have any, you had another you had you one audible mention. You kept it. Yep. Fair. Okay. Well, we can then head into the list proper. Dumbly, what is your number five? Okay.
0: Well, you know, I gotta, again, I gotta stay true to me. I gotta keep it to the to the brand. You might say number five on my list, number one in my heart, whoever you want to put it. But let's start off with my boy. Let's get it's Orange Cassidy. Uh, because see he, he's just been making himself an, an angle that's never really I've never really seen anything quite like it before you know I, I've, there's a great short documentary on on him by Ken Johnson who you know he talks about coming up with this idea of being a wrestler who just really doesn't want to wrestle and it sounds so simple but it's not it's very hard to pull off in a way the where you're getting people to laugh and not just saying who is this guy and like almost having go away instead. It's not, it's very much not an easy thing to do. And, but it breaks up matches so well. It breaks up shows so well, even when he's not wrestling, you know, there was a time when he just got, This I know this is, I know speaking of you know, shout out to truth, like you're saying, and maybe we'll talk about him more later, but uh, you know, I remember truth at this once when he got pulled out on top of a table, you know, it's Orange Cassidy, at one point in a dynamite, somebody just pulls, wants to pull out a ladder. And there's orange gas. Why? <laughs> yeah, it's also it a truth a, gag. Yeah. Yeah. It was just because you know it's a you know game-recognized game. But uh, you know, it's just hey, it's a cool, quiet place to hang out. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> but he's funny without really saying or doing anything sometimes. It's just his lack of reaction to things, but also you know, it's under reaction to things. It was just you know, it's kind of crazy that nobody really thought to do this before. Things like the just lazy flop over splash. He goes in the top rope and just falls mm-hmm. on the guy. Or the the rolling spot. So, you know, how many times, you know, dozens of times a show is somebody getting rolled into the ring. You know, he, the, his match with, with Pac on uh, pay-per-view, he just gets rolled and just kind of just keeps going. And it's so easy. But nobody's ever really done it before, and you know, it caught. It, it was it cracks me up. The audience did to it. It's just been really, really fantastic. Uh, and so, of course, obviously, you know, that's what something that sucked me in, and I'm still. I obviously, I'm a huge fan. Uh, one reason I wouldn't have him hire is I feel like lately he's actually gone kind of. He's been tweaking the gimmick a bit. He's actually a bit more mm-hmm. serious, especially lately. You know, he had to set the feud with Adam Cole. That's real. That was the point of that was to show him get very aggravated and fed up and serious up in this the crazy good lights out match that they had. So there, there's that bit, you know, he's been, he's been kind of modulating more towards wrestling, but also the other people on my list that just had a bit more longevity with it. Or that mm, Maybe as time place. goes on, he'd be higher on my list, uh, but certainly just being so different and so much fun. Uh, he's my number five.
1: And you got to give props to someone who can make an audience go nuts for putting their hands in their pockets. Like if you told a non-wrestling fan, this guy puts his hand in his pockets and people go crazy, you'd be like, what, what? <laughs> why would you? But he's really gotten that over really well and it is really unique. Um, but like you said, I was like, is he just a character who's funny or is he a comedy wrestler? And that's and that line is really blurred lately. Like you've said, um, he's gotten a lot more serious, which, it's like part of the appeal is like when he turns it on, it means more. Mm-hmm. When he's when he actually runs, when he actually jumps um, full force, as a normal wrestler that's just normal. But to him, it's like whoa, he's he's trying, which is goes to say like how brilliant the idea is. And, and sometimes and can, the and idea can really do simple, it, right? but yeah, yeah, and he can really how, I, do it. I can't believe he can thing. do it. Like, yeah. how can you? flip over a guy with your hands in your pockets. So that's and wrestling in jeans like any of those things they're all they're all super impressive i know
0: in some ways oh. you're like is he even more athletic than other people who are doing crazier stuff all the time just like i don't know how <laughs> you can true. how you balance yourself or don't do a, a suicide dive without your hands out there mm. basically just like, how, how, i would catch on the ropes and like break my neck not that i wouldn't do that anyway obviously but like as a right. i feel like most people trying to do stuff like that. Like, you know, there's very, you, you see people do it like they're taught a certain way. And he's just throwing a little wrinkle into it. But again, it's, it's much, it's kind of deceptively simple. I feel like it's a, a lot trickier, like you're saying. So props to the props to
1: him. Okay, so let's go from a guy using high degree of difficulty to someone with zero athletic ability. And uh, my number five is Andy Kaufman, mm-hmm. who wrestled briefly um, like in the Memphis area. In the Jerry Lawler days, uh, he was, you know, an actor and a comedian. And he started a thing where he would wrestle women and he called himself the intergender wrestling champion. And and the gag was that he was a weakling and he had to cheat to beat women. But he does it so well because he's a comedian and and it comes off like performance art, like you might see in uh, a museum somewhere. Um, And even just the way he looks, he looks so un- Intimidating with the, the white body suit and his skinny little body, um, so he's a joke in itself, just the physical appearance, uh, and he got some super real hot heat to that era, um, just like understood wrestling and what it is, and then just dove in and, and brought his his acting and his comedy and, and threw himself in there.
0: Yeah, I, I love I love it. I mean, he re- he was really. of a wrestling heel before he even got into wrestling right you know he famously was putting on these weird shows because he wanted to push the boundaries of what he was doing and of comedy to the point where some people people who didn't get it you know got mad and booed and left and he he was sensibly had the most heat of anybody that Mm. existed at the time but potentially even before he geared it towards wrestling but he kind of he made that link up and he and you know he and jerry lawler working together really made that link up and got him into it and it's it translated so fantastically well. He knew exactly kind of how to push people's buttons, but doing it in a way that still felt like a show. Uh, and it's you know, certainly, certainly fantastic, fantastic selection.
1: And we're showing our age a little bit that we, we saw that as it as it you know happened. And some folks at home maybe need to do a little homework. And I would definitely recommend go look at his promos and what he was doing it's very different and very bizarre, uh, but very good, just like Dominguez was saying. Yeah, I was happy that that so, stuff too- made it
0: into his, his Man, the Man on the Moon movie. You know, the, uh,
1: oh, yeah, that's true. I, f- I forgot they made the movie, yeah. uh, which well, is pretty good. I mean, it, I think it captures it pretty well. Yeah, at it's, least it's uh, in there. It's like in his theory.
0: role, which is like, yeah, it's a crazy role of having it to be part of his business. I think they have like the famous interview with him and Lawler on, at late night as part of it. So it's
1: certainly at least mm-hmm. well
0: represented, which it was always cool to see.
1: So excellent. We have two interesting guys so far. Um, I'm very curious what you had for number four. All right. Well, I'm I'm ready for I'm ready for the blowback because I
0: feel like number four is going to be controversial okay. in one or two ways, or possibly both at once, all at once. So, my number four is Mick full So oh. here's now because here's the thing: because like, how would you put him on this list? He because he's not a, he's very obviously a very Know, well-traveled, hardcore, deathmatch wrestler. But if you're gonna put him on the list, why is he not number one? He's one of the greatest to ever do this. So he, let me let me work this out. Okay. So I mean, he really he had worked in like these perfectly ridiculous touches to open up his character, pretty, you know, organically, right? He'd come in as this tortured freak, boiler room, mankind character. The guy was pulling his hair out and scaring children. But they wanted to bring it together, and so they did that through. Through humor, putting on a crappy shirt and tie over the same mm. terrible gimmick pants or later sweatpants, you know the the you know the, the desperately wanting to you know suck up to Vince and it's just you know hating him because we've all been in some kind of scenario like that of one side or another, right? It's making it relatable. Still, someone who's kind of an outcast, but in a more relatable way. Right? Whether you still whether you thought he was trying too hard and then it was annoying, but like oh, I know people like this or Uh, have been the person trying to win someone's favor and just getting completely blown off. You know, we've all felt like that. And it really was able to make him something where it was more approachable, let him do more things, Let eventually, you know, he was able to work in and elevate, you know, through others, but it was always through more of the comedy side of it. The wrestling was always still very well done and more serious, but, you know, we had, it's like, you know, the night where he showed up as Do Love and he won the tag, he wins the tag titles with Stone Cold Steve Austin. And then afterwards, you know, he's doing his stupid seventies dance and is trying to get Austin to do it. And he does, he's like, thinks about it for half a second and then looks at him like he has three heads, so Austin does. It was just, <laughs> yes. But then it really that establishes their chemistry immediately, but through Mick being really funny. And it really allowed his his own actual warmth and personality to shine through more, which has carried him on to then being, you know, a general manager, commissioner's character, His regular commissioner actually came first. When he really sort of leaned into some oddball slapstick stuff, and then more recently, uh, as a general manager, you know when he'd have you know verbal back and forth with Jericho, uh, he had you know I think one of the uh, big showdowns he had was you know the Rumble where they had showdown of like the Cobra versus Saco. You know, it's just, he really was able to lean into that more while still in WWE, even you know, if he wasn't wrestling right. as much. But I have him lower on the list because. You know, he had already had such a storied career as a legitimate, badass, tough guy in death matches in Japan, in his ear, you know, in Cactus Jack and WCW was a bad man, not just a bad guy, but a bad man Like you do not want to mess with him. So it wasn't the entirety of his career, but when he did, when he started to lean into it, it was great. You know, he's one of my most favorite performers that there's ever been in wrestling. And so I've got, I'm happy to have him here on the Mm -hmm. list in a way that I kind of meet. Mediated with myself to kind of end up settling in at number four.
1: And isn't I'm pretty sure the segment where it's The Rock's birthday and Mick Foley is hosting. I think that's like the number one rated raw segment of all time, or one of the if not, um, because I mean that kind of stuff it works, and especially with a guy like The Rock and a guy like Foley who can be really funny and be these big characters. I did not see that coming, but everything you're saying makes sense. And he definitely was funny when he leaned into it.
0: Yeah. And so, I mean, I think that, you know, that's kind of where I was able to settle him as a result, right? He wasn't, when he he kind of turned to to that, to his focus, because, you know, he couldn't keep doing stuff like the the infamous Hell in Cell match, you know, that couldn't still be how he jumped off the screen uh, forever. You know, he just had to be, he, he had to find something a little different for himself to you know extend his career and be able to make more lasting mark, which he successfully did. You know, you know people mm-hmm. you know now he's to the point where he's now doing uh, you know speaking engagements and stand up shows you know live as himself. You know he's putting only going on like McFoley comedy tours. People just just love McFoley and find him funny as himself. And uh, so we we were, we only got treated to that because he was able to start working it into his work as a wrestler for for right first
1: years he's also a big santa fan mm-hmm. i don't know if you know that and he dresses up like santa and that's a whole, that's a whole other side of him oh one, uh, i think there's i think he sells a shirt
0: that's like the, his parents personalities when you think of the three faces of foley but it's mankind and cactus and dude love and santa is the fourth one oh, to contain wow. the shirt
1: <laughs> okay we have to ask for that for the for the next birthday just freak people out, what is, what is that shirt? <laughs> um, okay, I'm gonna head to surprise, surprise, Japan. That's definitely in my wheelhouse um, for number four. I put Sakura Hirota, who wrestled uh, for a lot of places in Japan, but a lot of it was uh, pro-wrestling rave. Uh, her thing is, one of the things she does is dress up as a, like a comedic version of her opponent. She wrestled against Oscar back when she was Kana and dressed like her, but then with these giant boobs. Um, And that's just the joke. She's wrestling with giant boobs. Um, So it's a lot of sight gags. There was, she dressed like a baby or one time she dressed up in a crab suit and is just wrestling in a crab suit. Uh, So it's very goofy and I'm just thinking about the crab suit. Like talk about <laughs> wrestling and jeans and your hands in your pocket, but she did that like that that rope walk that Undertaker does mm-hmm. in a massive crab suit. So like oh super gosh. props to her. How do you I don't know how you do that? Yeah, well, yeah.
0: I, I'm glad it the final one I think it's something uh it was for, it was hard for me. It was a struggle to think of because I think because comedy wrestling is, hasn't been around as long in this format, where it's opposed to, you know, throw you know, being mad at a heel and laughing when you throw beer at them, you know, it, it's really more so when you go and think of like the territory days, sort of how the presentation was. It's more recent. And so I think and so I think there's you know, it hasn't been as much of an opportunity for for female wrestlers to do that and to make that. A real part of their character, you know. Carmela had teamed up with our truth for a while. More recently, it was more about like the two of mm. But there, uh, it's more often that they were like saying kind of the butt of jokes, or you know, whether that was because of them, their opponent, or even just from how things were written. You know, and also hopefully, you know, as we as we continue to go on, that there'll be, you know, the you know, the female Orange Cassidy or people like that, you or know, whoever you want to cite as their forerunners, or this you know this person right here. You know, I, I think. It's really great that Japan can you know can provide some of that where where the where the you know, performers are still taken seriously but able to bring levity to it in a way that we haven't seen as often uh, over in the states.
1: Yeah, I, my impression is too that I think they appreciate like the real dumb goofy stuff in Japan maybe more than us. Uh, I mean, it's hard to tell. I'm not like polling people, but you just see companies like DDT and you see some of these crazy acts, like people dressing, dressed up in a panda suit, or um, Chris Brooks wrestled against a otter mascot this year. Um, And just, it didn't feel that odd. Just felt like another weird, another weird part of this weird world. Um, So it's just another, you know, another avenue to take take the medium.
0: Who is, somebody Mm -hmm. obviously who's hot, you know, right now, uh, but you know I I loved watching uh, Danhausen you know, or the the gentleman behind Danhausen did a, a very rare out of out of character interview with uh, Conan O'Brien podcast, really describing his you know his influences, one of which was Conan. He said he just people have described he said himself, people have described the character as you know, as Conan if he was possessed by the devil, basically. <laughs> which which I which I thought, well that's fantastic. I love this already uh even more i mean i was familiar with it but you know it really sums it up so well but the thing i love about dan is like like orange cassidy you know he is someone who can work he's not a novelty he's not strictly about you know pratfalls or you know three stooges spots or something like that but he will also you know keep his matches fun he was a very famous sequence where he's kept kicking Someone outside the ring when he was on the apron to the beat of the, the song Tequila, <laughs> and they just got oh, okay. the crowd to just, then just scream it at the end after the chorus is done, uh, and it's just things like that that are ridiculous, ridiculous sure, but not but still tied to something that's grounded. So maybe it's a little some you know for, you know your t- people's tastes vary could that something like that could be beyond the pale for other folks, but I. I I loved it. And I defined him for being such a niche character, Was ostensibly, if you haven't seen Dan Housen, even on the EW recently, you know, he's basically uh, a demon. Essentially, he's a demon who he presents himself as very nice, very evil. So he's not just you know, the boogeyman coming mm-hmm. out and to- looking to torture people or j- get the jump. Multifaceted. Or- right, he's multifaceted. And even his comedy is multifaceted. He references pop mm-hmm. culture. He does simple things like mispronounce people's names as well, but. But this, and some things work, some things don't. But he commits to all of them, even to the point where, like, you know, the, the ha, you know, the hashtag ass boys has become one of the biggest things following anytime Dynamite and Rampage are on. Oh, well, that's him, has, huh? The Gun Club. Yes, he started the thing with the ass boys. He started calling him that on videos, on his vlogs, because, you know, Billy Gunn was known as Mr. Ass. So that must mean it's his last name. He's Mr. Ass. So he started calling him William Ass. And that means his sons are the ass boys. And then he started tweeting it, and everybody started tweeting it. Uh, and it's just something that connects. So now we have people who you know, didn't even want to see necessarily. Uh, well, not didn't want to see them, I shouldn't say that. People weren't, you know, as plugged into the gun club or, or you were know, able to know what was going on with them. But now, as soon as the Colton and Austin gun come out, you have something you can yell at them, you're waiting. You're waiting to see them because you want to, <laughs> to, mm-hmm. tell, to yell ass boys at them because they, they, they react and play into it and sell it perfectly well. So that's something that's not even related to him. That is just, that just you now has taken off to the point where he had people, you know, he made a whole theme song uh, for them and it got like a hundred thousand views in a day. Uh, and so it's just, it's things that can be unexpected like that or things, you know, he works in, you know, someone who loves Conan, of course, works in a lot of references to like The Simpsons and other pop culture, uh, but also just things as, you know, uh, creative as, you know, He's, you know, ostensibly a bad guy, a de- like a demonic character, but he hates cursing because he's very nice. So don't curse, or he, in terms of swearing, or he'll curse you, like put a hex on your soul. Oh, Which is okay. such a cool little twist on things you would, what you would expect about uh, an evilish character to do, or a, de- a devil character to do, or what we've seen characters like that do over the years. It's just he it it turns things on its head in these little ways that are just so amusing, and so, the, and you know, to the point where. He was able to get signed by E.W. while he was still rehabbing, uh, broken bones in his leg. Like he hadn't able, to, he wasn't able to wrestle when he came out with Cole and Orange Cassidy yet. Uh, and he hasn't made his in ring debut yet, just because he's just people love the character. Uh, but as we will right. see when he is getting into the ring, you'll be able to see in the near future. You know he he can wrestle and has is viable in the ring, but certainly makes uh, his focus and his makes his bones in just being a fantastic sense of humor.
1: Yeah, I'm definitely not um, super familiar with it. I know him from the internet uh, and then people talking about him, but not as much directly. But I, I can see there's a lot of buzz. Like even before the AEW signing, it's something people talked about. People referenced. Uh, I saw the CM Punk was you know referencing him and speaking like him. Mm-hmm. So it's like just sometimes just a really smart way to get your foot in the door because i don't know if he was just regular you know tough guy wrestler would he have gotten this far uh you know maybe but this has allowed him to like to get signed by a major company to get all this buzz to be unique and like sometimes comedy wrestling is like that's that's the path like not as many people are doing it. You can stand out, and he's he's definitely doing that. I can see that even from afar.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, we've had bad guy characters. We've had devilish characters. You think back to like the Brood and Gangrel when Edge Christian first showed up. You know, we've had you know back to Kevin, back to the, the heyday of Kevin Sullivan as a wrestler. Even you know he was Prince oh, of oh, yeah. and those kinds of things where people were legitimately afraid he was going to like kidnap their kids and send them into a cult of some kind. Hmm. Uh, so you know, that's been done, you know, but there's now having this, again, like different take on it to open it up to being, well, really hilarious and then you know, over as opposed to getting heat, using it as a way to now really be over with the crowd mm-hmm. and you know, when he showed up, all of a sudden he was just, he was trending, at least in the US, uh, just because all of a sudden he was on Dynamite. People were like, oh my God, it actually happened. Here's Dan but you know, when it should be ostensibly his debut. You know, people know, like who the reaction should be. Who is this? Instead, the you know the crowd popped as they realized it was him and saw him they on the him. screen, and all of a sudden he was trending because people were like, "Oh my God, I already love Dan Housen. and I'm so happy he's here." Uh, and certainly more people will know him now, but there was enough already there because it's just uh, different and certainly executed incredibly well. You know, kudos to, to him for having the you know the the commitments to his bits
1: and the creativity
0: to think of them in the first place.
1: Uh, I love it. Okay, let's head to my number three. Which is my only WWE entry, and someone that some people probably despise, but um, I find to be quite amusing. Santino Morella, big in the early 2010s. Mm-hmm. Like R Truth, could turn any dumb skit into something that was like worth a chuckle. He's my number two. And there are so a lot of talk dumb about anyways.
0: We can just have a nice big love fest in this moment because he would have been next for me. <laughs> so, uh, okay, okay, we'll just go, we'll go on
1: some Santino time. Go nuts. Uh, you know, like you try to explain his act, and it's like he mispronounces names, he batters the English language. Uh, but that doesn't sound that funny, I guess, from the outside, but he does that super well. And, you know, I was re watching some of the old stuff, and there was a tea party with him and Seamus and Kozlov. And it's kind of a bad idea, like to as a means to get this rivalry going we're gonna have a tea party but he makes it work and it's like pretty amusing i don't know how many wrestlers could do that and he really got over like the times that he almost won the elimination chamber and almost won the royal rumble Mm -hmm. people were so pumped even though he was like this really low card guy Mm -hmm. he's this goof he's not gonna really win but like people were so into it and that's because of his personality because he's funny and leans into it, which is even more impressive because he's like a legit, like MMA fighter. Forget which, which, um, discipline he does, but his original gimmick was like, I'm a European, like martial artist. Like shoot, like a shoot fighter. Yeah. I think he does that. He yeah.
0: He's like a judo trainer. I mean, like he has an MMA gym. He's a, uh, his background's in judo.
1: And Vince is like, you know what, we're gonna do instead of that, unibrow, bad accent, go. And he kills it. He's like makes a career out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: like I was saying, he was my he was gonna be next for me. So we can dwell on the greatest Santino here. It's my number
1: two. Okay.
0: Uh, because I was yeah, I was watching some of the old two. and I think again, like he manages to walk a super a, a very thin line really fantastically. And so you know, because he's got people enjoying him enough, but, you know, he's still ostensibly a heel because he's obnoxious to the point where so, like, people wanted to see him win the Rumble, but you're not so sad when he doesn't that the air is out the building because he kind of deserved mm. to get some comeuppance because I, I was watching that clip again. You know, he comes back after not being eliminated. He hits the Cobra on Del Rio, but then does he try to be like this heroic baby face and win the match? No, he goes and does his marching band thing and dances around <laughs> like an idiot because- chocolate so like yes exactly and so okay so he kind of deserved to get what he got so you could still roll with the end which is really a crazy balance to pull off but he manages to do both but I, I I remember watching that I was like no way they're doing this and then I was like what I really thought they did like I was so into it I had no idea how they would get out of it because obviously he wasn't going to mean event in Wrestlemania but there's plenty of ways to get out of it there's pay-per-views in between whatever uh, people could jump him and take him on the shelf and then he comes back and has an sure. angle as being the ridiculous guy who gonna say he's the real champion, but which he's totally not. But, some, but I, really, I was like, I'm in, I'm in let's do this. And of, and of course it didn't happen, but it was still in a way that could feel satisfying. I just find that he knew, he was able to, in being so ridiculous with the, the accents and the, the, the pronunciations, the words that he was able to then poke, point out what was ridiculous about other wrestlers and, and things you know, and about wrestling Without it making mm. feel like he was, you know, making fun of us people who like and watch wrestling, you know, he did a. It was, he feuded with Stone Cold because he wanted he wanted to be the one to be condemned, you know. And he, but you know, he, I remember he did a fake promo as Stone Cold himself it was like, "I will open a can of the ass whip, and I will beat you whether there is a mule to rent or to purchase. I will beat you like the livestock." And it was just so perfect because catchphrases that wrestlers say you know you can never predict what catchphrase is going to get over so wrestlers often end up saying some really ridiculous crap and it's okay because yeah. we love it uh it's fine you know uh and so you know i'm going to stop a mud hole in you and walk it dry that i don't okay that doesn't make any sense but cool because Stone <laughs> so cold can say anything and it will sound it cool, and cool. I will, it cool and i will buy it i will wear a t-shirt with, with it on it i don't care uh, but that he'll him, that him be able to poke fun at it uh, you know, not everybody could have, because first of all, if you're just oh, if you're just a regular guy walking around being like making fun of Stone Cold, because you know you're going to out wrestle him, uh, good luck. And also, I hate you, go away. <laughs> but Absolutely. he was able to be, he's able to frame it as things like something as dumb as me, someone who's not even the highest wrestler in the company, should be in the big Hollywood action movie. Why is can nobody see this? Was just the perfect niche to carve to then be able to point out other things that were odd. You know, and he... One point during that, he put it, he changed the words to like Amy Winehouse's rehab to talk about how, you know, to make fun of Stone Cold's acting and how he should have been in the movie instead. Oh, yeah. Which is just like so ridiculous and out of nowhere. And again, made it so that he could clearly be the one, like being ridiculous. And of course, he's not going to be the guy, but it was still hilarious, but uh, without without undercutting anything about, you know, the movie or Stone Cold. And he brought that to wrestling too, you know, because he, when he first came in into the Intercontinental Championship match that Lashley kind of puts him over on his debut, he looks, you know, he's, he's got his shirt off. He's a good, he's like a well-trained you know, cut guy. Mm-hmm. He looks good. And then what's his niche going to be really? Cause who is, he? he's really just, the whole point of that was that he's really just a guy. What's he going to do? So then instead find like, I'm going to grow like some weird, like third of a mullet and, and lead into having a unibrow and do all this ridiculous crap. Like it was it like, I don't know if he was terrified or if it just went with it or if he was his idea, like, but either way he leaned into it and that was mm-hmm. what made it so great. And uh, and he wasn't afraid to to go out. I mean, he, was, he wasn't afraid to be the one out there getting ultimately taken to the cleaners by the end of any segment. Cause you know, he goes back and forth with Jericho and Cena and Stone Cold like, literally like the who's who of the top of the card. And they probably had some random skit where they ended up, you know, him in a garbage can or whatever the case may be, but they were able to they they're able also to then be funny themselves and kind of highlight a piece of themselves, which is a great thing that he brought to the company. So love Santino. I still love him. I still find it weird when I hear him talk without his accent even though I knew it was fake, it just freaks me out. which apparently he gets all the yeah. time I was watching him interview be interviewed like last year or something and there's like he has people walk up to him and even people who know him like it just sounds doesn't sound right. <laughs> but who yeah, get
1: you get used to that for sure. What did you think about this the whole Santina thing? I think that was to me, it was like yep. the joke that didn't work. Yeah. I'm glad his, you brought that up. I was run. thinking
0: about it. I was thinking about it too. I'm glad you brought it up. Like that to me is like if there's a drawback to anything that he ever did, it was certainly this. Like there was I I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt that hopefully it wasn't his idea. Cause what it was. whoever's idea. Sounds like a Vince uh, idea. Uh yeah, I mean sure, I'm sure you know like, I'm sure Vince found it hilarious. You're like we're gonna have a- you want all these women at WrestleMania? I'll give you a woman at WrestleMania. Look at this! Ha, take that, pal. Uh, I'm sure he and Bruce found it so hilarious. But uh, I, yeah, it, it's, it's let's say was call of spade made. spade. So many things he did were great. This one sucked. It was you know I didn't like even just having him out there as Santina. But okay, that's one thing. If he was then you know then kicked win, out. So... If he's kicked out in three seconds like the royal like he was when the Royal Rumble, great because then yeah, the women are on the same platform as the men you know and they're very serious competitors and he's not okay fine uh to have him win yeah it's just no oh, oh we had the first ever miss wrestlemania battle royal because it's a real competition not you know some skit uh-huh. of like we're not putting them in a bikini contest or a beauty pageant it's miss wrestlemania like a real competition than to have him come in and do that uh it was just it was awful and so we you know. Uh, but I think it's certainly worth calling out as bad as it was because we you know, certainly don't overlook that. It certainly hurt the cause of what ended up being the the Women's Revolution later. Uh, you know, it's kind of stalled it in a moment in time at the time and that really sucks, but uh, it doesn't, you know, it, it, that, that's why I attribute that more to the company than necessarily to him personally. Uh, and yeah, everything else the he did, The idea. balance of everything else he did. Yeah, the balance of everything else he did certainly I think merits his spots here.
1: Okay, so we have skipped right ahead to my number two because we, we shared, we finally crossed paths here with the Sentino. And for my number two, I went with Hyper Masao from Tokyo Joshi Pro. Uh, by the time this podcast comes out, my, my article about her will be out. And it's all about like how it's really dumb Everything she does—it's very ridiculous. But just really over really, time, it really, really s- not strong with it. <laughs> way to way to sell but it. It 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 sold me on what comedy wrestling could be. Mm-hmm. Like I just started finding myself getting into her character. So she's like a superhero who has no powers. Well, you know, as you might imagine, um, but she cheats to win. Or she takes all these shortcuts, which is kind of funny because she's always talking about fighting for justice and, and, and fighting for the little people. And then she takes all the shortcuts. She tries to make up rules as she goes and they're all trying to favor her. Um, she will use anything around the ring. And a lot of the weapons she uses are really bizarre, like throwing Legos on the, on the mat instead of thumbtacks or uh, Pokeballs throwing at someone. and uh, there was a a hardcore match last year where she stapled stuff paper on a guy's head and it's just these really bizarre images but she does it with this heart and uh feeling that it it really like it feels like a big deal (laughs) it feels important even though it's so dumb she uh, believes so to it me that that's she's so she she's she,
0: to her it's it, it actually is the cause of whatever really like she believes it.
1: Oh absolutely it in her head
0: so fantastically
1: and then it's a mix of sometimes hardcore wrestling but with a lot of comedy objects and a lot of comedy images mixed in. So so they'll take some crazy bumps, but then you know she's riding on a bicycle that's like got cardboard uh design all over it. Um uh, so it's unforgettable. Every time she does, you know, a big match, it's something weird and something memorable.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's my, what you're describing. Like I'm not, I'm not super familiar with it. So I'm, I'm very looking forward to your article, uh, but uh, it almost reminds me what you're saying is kind of a bit like, uh, it's kind of like what WWE had with the Bo Dallas character when he first came up. It's like, you know, he thinks he's really like the movie mm. striving hero, but it, you know, but he's really a, a chicken bleep heel who thinks he's that, way. Right? but in his head, but in his own mind, that's really it. And this is all for the raising up of the little people and you know, you all know, believe and all of that, which I thought they abandoned super quickly like, way too quickly. It sounds like this is more fleshed out with like, she's really she, you know, in to her, this is it, this is the ultimate thing and, you know, why wouldn't you do whatever you possibly could to achieve. You know, victory for righteousness, mm-hmm. even if it's by, you know, smashing somebody with the ring bell.
1: Absolutely, then, I hadn't thought of that kind of comparison, but that part of her character does, yeah. It, there's a touch of Baudelaire in that sense, for sure. Ooh, I hope people. I hope people so we are.
0: You. I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy. I'm excited okay. to also.
1: Okay. Yep. That's your homework. <laughs> um. Okay. We have reached your number one. Okay. And, and I have a. I I have a guess. I think you're going WWE for this. Who Am I correct? Yeah, you
0: are, but uh, I bet I bet, I bet you're Trump. wrong about who it is. Oh, you you were right, but I thought you had an okay. honorable mention. You had him as an honorable mention. I figured you he, uh, you he wouldn't guess that because you not hadn't thought of him in the stratosphere. But to me, uh, <laughs> it, to me, truth is truth is the man. He's still he's like you said. You start we started touching this. We can get into it a little more. He's just made this whole incredible career for himself almost an enti- almost a basically a second entire career after you know, he's mm-hmm. working in tna he was there since like the early days when he was part of the nwa like the very beginning of tna he was there uh and you know he's certainly an amazing athlete always still is uh, he's i i feel like he's aged less in the last like 10 years than i have just since the pandemic started uh i don't know yeah he's the man uh, I just like he's but he just certainly developed and grown into this you know, comedy icon. He's just got such timing that it's, you can't teach what he does. Just like you can't, you know you, you know, you can teach people to do certain moves, but not everybody can put them, you know, put them to use in the same way. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, go so high, you know, you can't teach someone to just, you know, jump up as high as Montez Ford does, right? Like it's it's just, you do it or you don't. You can't teach the kind of timing that Truth has and the way he's able to, just stay locked in even as even as people around him you know he's cracking people up around him which is something i feel like is a great tribute to him Is you know there are you know, famous clips of him you know coming in and out of matches or coming out like you said coming out for matches that uh he's not really in you know and you know seen like ziggler and reigns and one of them were just doubled over laughing which i don't think is supposed to be the reaction of them selling if they just can't help themselves but he doesn't you know he doesn't stop for a second the, you know, and over time he, he's gonna build it up to be more and more ridiculous, but it's just made it better because he's just got has got things that other people would not think of. You know, there's, there's still, you know, I thought they would have to really have to get rid of the 24-7 title after it came out because everyone hated it. Everyone thought it was dumb. They were trying to make remake the hardcore title while having a PG show, mm-hmm. which you couldn't do. So you only had, you know, the time constraints, but that being none of the hardcore title with none of the you know the actual. Things you can do with it. And so the, like, it basically just became our truth gimmick because he was the one who could think of ridiculous things to say about it and do with it. It the point where, you know, I don't know, they wrote, they don't know as much what to do with it now that it's not, he's not involved. In that, yeah. Which is a testament yeah. to him. He kept, he made it a thing. Uh, and, and like I was saying with Santino, like allowed others to kind of unlock themselves, like, you know, like a trade maverick only really found a new direction in WWE at the time after he was you know had the thing of the ridiculous you know, pants peeing spot and splitting off from AOP. Like, he really had yeah. nothing to do. This is you know well before he was released, mind you, before he was NXT, he was just there. And then his hunting of truth and the character that back came out there back and forth really brought him back and kind of showed a little bit of more of the rockstar spud side of him that he hadn't really been able to do. It was only through truth. But I think the thing people forget about truth is how good he really is. Cause we we think of him so much as hilarious but it only works because he can talk and he can go. Like he was back in the day, you know set up as a heel challenger to Cena's belts. Like they had a mm-hmm. pay-per-view main events with him as a legitimate bad guy trying to come and take the championship. And he can still, you know, run and jump and go and, and talk. You know, some of those promos pay off. So his, his promo is about like the money in the bank or the Royal Rumble pay off so well because everything that comes out of his mouth before someone's like, hey, you don't, you're not in this, sound totally straightforward. They mm-hmm. sound real. Like it's just like anybody else, like any credible wrestler would say, like I'm coming and I'm mm-hmm. gonna win. And the thing that they all say all the time every week, or uh if it, it fits, he does not out of place. He can just he can pull that off just as well and then just turn it on a dime. Just be like, oh, oh, and when he just goes, oh, my bad, I'm out of here. You know, y'all be good. I'm out. That just <laughs> just leave everybody in stitches. Is because he's he's able to do both so well that you know you know you obviously you know you see him nowadays and you know it's gonna be funny and he's even gone into like cartoony like old timey Looney Tune stuff, which I which I love when he and like Carmelo be dressing up or all of a sudden just, like uh, she finds him in a wig and just be like trying to hide from the 24 seven people. Just like oh. I go truth. You always like you can tell as he's just wearing up like his normal clothes and the giant golden. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just a very creative, committed guy who's able to sell that humor. And it's just something that I think is just a natural gift that he has on top of his athletic and wrestling gifts that were already there. That uh, it's surpassed like it, it's been like you said like you mentioned at the top. It's just let him be so entrenched to be viewed such, this extra longevity that you don't really see often in the business. It's because to me, he's my number one comedy. because to me, he's my number one, the best comedy wrestler
1: I've ever seen. And I'm glad you mentioned the 24-7 stuff. Um, that was the height of that title. I, I kept, you know, I, I popped in and I was like, interested, like looking on the internet and seeing him pin uh, Jinder Mahal on the golf course or or whatnot and so someone's sleeping on a plane like I was engaged I wanted to see what was happening and then post *Our truth I have tuned out completely I don't I don't even know what's happening because it's like kind of tailor-made for him like that's a goofy prop for that goofy character works perfectly mm-hmm. um, I don't know who else can really you know carry it in, in that sense in that way
0: Right, because it's inherently ridiculous, right? It's just everybody mm-hmm. who's not in a in a program running around constantly trying to find someone. And So, you know, it's just having having that person just actually hide behind something backstage is lame. But having truth put on a ridiculous outfit or be pushed with a bunch inside a bunch of packing peanuts by Carmella or something is fantastic i don't know if i made that one up but it just feels right right it feels it feels like something he would I do think because, I, I think i saw that because he's great uh because yeah. he's the man so right right and, and so there's no you have to be able to lean into that while still presenting yourself as someone who can work and that's not like we keep saying all along it's not easy to do so it's been hard to find that balance for this whole idea that they had without him and i think that's just a testament to him
1: okay now uh we just have one more my number one i went with Stalker Ichikawa from Dragon Gate. Um, he dresses like in a devil suit, like a very cartoon. You know, like the canned ham cartoon devil, you know what I'm talking about. That's the devil he dresses as, but with this like this face mask, it, it looks a little the our face paint, it looks a little like Danhaus and um or like a 1920s uh, silent movie kind of thing. So it's already ridiculous, just looking, walking to see a cartoon devil man. And he's very thin and unintimidating. But his whole thing is that he is a wrestler who fails. He tries a head scissors, it slips off, the guy just walks off. Um, You know, he puts a guy on a table, he's ready to springboard and do a flip, but he just just falls and crashes. so the, the comedy is like infused into the match. It's just his incompetence is the joke. He's just not a good wrestler. And, you know, you see so many of these moves done like, a, you know, all the time, you see it done right. To see it done incorrectly and see someone flap, slap on their face, it's like startling and, and it's funny. So it's just very much a slapstick Situation where he is just um, not good at his job.
0: Yeah, that's. I think that's, uh, and that's something anybody can relate to, right? You know, it's something where you know, we've all, been, you know, got in mind of doing something, and just it turned out you're just really real bad at it. Uh, and you know, the it's very easy to then kind of come onto his side, right? Because. You know, he's, you know, darn it. He's sticking to it. He's still, he thinks in his mind, he's a wrestler. He's going to keep at it. They're like, yeah, go, man. It's, it's, I know it's not going to end well, but I'm with you and it'll be hilarious to watch whatever the next thing you, you know, you fall off of. Uh, and I think that, you know, that's kind of the essence of comedy wrestling, right? It's something that's still endearing, even if it's not going well for you in the moment as the wrestler, mm. uh, it's certainly still something that can win over, and win people over and entertain them uh, in you know in in your own unique way. And so the, you know, he's that he's the guy who does that now. I don't think he would probably work if you're somebody else who's like, I'm also going to, you know, b- bumble these moves or do something like that. You know, it would just seem like, you know, you're either a, a botching or it being a ripoff. You know, it, it, it's, once
1: you have that yeah, that's true.
0: Once you have that corner, you know, I think that that's really become that's really his corner now. And that's and that's something there's always something to be said for that.
1: Yeah, much like the Orange Cassidy thing where it's like, okay, I'm going to be a wrestler who doesn't try. I'm going to be a wrestler who doesn't fail. And then now you, now that's your thing. And that's what you're known for. Anything else would be copyright infringement or, or whatnot. So he's done that. Stalker has done that so well. And he can have a long career like a lot of these guys. Like you don't need to have your full athleticism to fall on your face, or to to mispronounce someone's name, or or do a dumb skit. So it's just a really smart move to to go this way if you can do it. Not everyone can, but these these folks clearly have.
0: Definitely, I'm surprised. Uh, I guess I guess I'll go to you, Ryan. Is there anybody you surprised was either not on my list or hasn't or not on either of our lists?
1: So yeah, let me recap your list. Um, you had number five, Orange Cassidy, four, McFoley, Foley, three, Dan Housen, two, Santino, and one, R-Truth. Uh, to me, the surprise was McFoley Foley because in my head I didn't frame him as a comedy wrestler, but he made a lot of great points. And then there is like a comedic stretch of his career. So that time he is a comedy wrestler. So that makes sense. Um, But I would never have thought of that. That's a big, big curveball. And on my side, I had Andy Kaufman for Sakura Hirota number four, Santino, number three, Hyper Masao number two, and stalker Ichikawa number one. Not surprisingly, um, some Joshi in there. That's just been my favorite corner of wrestling for a while. Um so twice, I twice visited that side of things.
0: Well, I mean, you know, to quote something affiliated with Orange Cassidy, you got to give the people what they want. They, they want your Joshi knowledge, so. <laughs> okay. I think, well, I think, sure, sure. me, I think what was a shock to me, what was a shock uh, to me was no Colt Cabana anywhere. Mm. You know, someone who really made something of comedy more prevalent in the, in the American independent scene, in American wrestling, at a time when it wasn't around, you know, uh, I will say, you know, some of his stuff, especially like his older stuff, very early Ring of Honor, uh, old like independent things, kind of maybe go a little too far for my taste, a little too away from quote unquote wrestling part of it. It's a little more of like a Looney Tunes cartoon or a skit, but I can certainly appreciate mm-hmm. it. You know, I, I rewatched his match with Torriano where it finally happened. I watched that last night and uh, where they're both trying, they basically exchange each other's DVDs and get a holy, you know, what, chant going <laughs> just because they hate each other, their things, and then take off from there. And it, like, it's a very, it's one of the most unique matches I've ever seen, of course, and it, it's great, you know, like, of uh, for what it is and being very different from everything else there. Uh, so you know that it's not always exactly my cup of tea, but certainly it's he's car. He's been so different. You know, yeah. Even though he, even though what he's doing now in AEW is a little like. He did it's different than what he was doing before so, you know i only had i only had one honorable mention retroactive honorable mention to that guy He certainly okay may have been a trailblazer i was just uh is there anyone else that you would have thought would have may have popped up that that isn't here um
1: i i thought about el generico too mm. but i guess i don't know uh, this is why the list was so hard because sometimes i try to like do a spreadsheet i'm like okay how many championships did they win how many Um, awards did they win? How many cage match uh, matches rated over 8.0? You could like quantify a lot Mm -hmm. of different types of wrestlers, but you can't really measure funny. So I struggled with it and kept putting people on and off. I was like, who's funnier than who? Um, So Cole Cabana and El Generico, people I thought of, I just slid them down No real good reason, just these other things hit me harder in the the goofy department. So that's where I went.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's a good call out. It's crazy to think, you know, I feel like Sami Zayn is the most, maybe the most expressive storytelling wrestler, like performer we have wrestling right now. Like Like whether he's good, whether he's heel or face, like he's just so uh, everything is written all over his face. And he sells it so much, mm. his expressions and body language. And to think that he was under a mask for so long as El Generico is just kind of insane to think about now, but it's certainly yeah super indelible. So yeah, no, I think mean, that's a good call out.
1: And I thought, you know, uh, I thought WWE when they signed him would just be like, oh, we got a goofy masked character. We could sell it to the kids. We can put them in Skeets Go. So I was actually pretty shocked that they were like, "Hey, we're gonna are gonna start from scratch, unmask mm-hmm. you, new character." I mean, clearly it worked out. You did did super well, but I just thought you got a pre-packaged thing that would fit in the WWE world so well. Mm-hmm. Just just plug it in. But you know, I, you know, part of that's probably Vince. Just like I want to own the rights. I want to start doing my own thing. So that's where we went. Let's head to the plug section. Thumbly, if people want to find what you are up to, where do they go? Well, you certainly can just find the main account at Thumbly Squeeze or Twitter.
0: Uh, then we also, uh, you can go to the amazing site of WrestleInn.com. Uh, my most recent article is the uh, Terms from the Inside for kayfabe, talking about the differences in what AEW started doing in the promos and addressing outside reality and looping in our current, you know, kind of shared world that we as fans are in and how they're addressing in their, you know, promos and in-ring styles. So go ahead, check that out. And there'll be more coming mm-hmm. soon.
1: Excellent. And guys, give us a big fat five-star rating. Subscribe to Wrestle In Podcast. you get five to five, which you just heard new Japan with Kieran it's all about educating people on a particular Japanese wrestler. We have a new show coming called Into the Wrestleverse. And just recently, myself, Trent, and Scott are on the Ocean Cyclone Show, which is a celebration of all things Joshi. You can find me on Twitter, at Ryan Dilbert. And I would highly recommend bookmarking In for a steady diet of unique columns from all across the wrestling world. Uh, Thumley, it was great having you on. Great discussion. Thanks for coming, man. My pleasure. I hope
0: we'll do it again sometime.
1: Oh, excellent. And everyone, thanks for listening. Uh, Until next time, cheers.